What's up, everybody? Before we get started today, I just want to let you know about something really exciting that's happening. It's amazing how often we overestimate how hard something will be, and we underestimate how much we can actually accomplish if we just go all in and start. So my friend, Kathy Heller, who was a guest on episode 59, she didn't start her podcast until she was 37 years old, okay? In five years, it has grown to almost 40 million downloads and now generates multi-seven figures, all right? She did not have an Instagram when she began or an email list of any kind of frame, all right? She had three young kids, one who was 10 days old at at the time, no marketing budget, but a feeling within her that she wanted to put her message into the world. Fortune favors the brave, folks. When we have the courage to take a step forward, we will be led to magic. So starting September 12th, Kathy is hosting a free It's Time to Podcast Bootcamp. I'm including the link to sign up in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. And maybe instead of focusing on our imposter syndrome and all the ways we're not, quote, ready or, quote, good enough, right, we should think about being generous And even if we can inspire two people today, know that it has all been worth it. Kathy has interviewed incredible souls, including Matthew McConaughey, Deepak Chopra, Priyanka Chopra, Seth Godin, and has tons to share on how to start and scale a profitable podcast. She pours so much love into her work, and these sessions will be incredible. Take it from me, I've actually taken her course myself. Kathy Heller is the reason, the person who inspired me to actually get started. Don't forget to check out the show notes for your link to sign up for the free podcasting bootcamp. And if you're not available on September 12th through 15th, don't worry, there are replays available. It doesn't get any better than this. It's free. Sign up today. Welcome to the No Podcast with me, Nikki Spo. What is going on, my loves? You are listening to The Know with me, Nikki Spo, and today is the first episode in September, which means I am going to open up a bit to honor Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. So as one might imagine, I never thought I would be in a position to have any kind of personal experience with pediatric cancer. It's not that I thought I or my kids are above or below getting cancer. It's more a combination of, let me see, like not living in fear, you know, thinking maybe it's not that common. And I guess just a general lack of knowledge, right? So in some capacity, I guess I knew that it was something that could happen to anybody. I just figured that the odds would work out in our favor. And I don't know, maybe I was an ostrich to an extent, hoping that keeping my head in the sand about it meant that we were protected. So I guess in in many ways, the odds actually did work in our favor. And before I get into everything, I want to say this. My son is four. He is not of the age where he can grant me permission to disclose his information. However, I am his parent and his legal guardian. And because of my platform, my vast resources, and my passion for connecting people and creating community, I want to have this dialogue with respect to my family's privacy, because I believe that human connection is so very powerful. I don't know if what I say today can be helpful to someone just entering this journey, or maybe this can be supportive for another parent who has been there and done that. 
And I also want to honor all the children who have been lost to cancer and their families who grieve them. So I'm here today to talk about my own experience, my own strength, and my own hope as it pertains to being a parent in this situation. So that said, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this today. So I knew something was going on with my son. You know, call it a mother's intuition. I don't really know. Um, But he had been like normal sick for a bit, you know, like the regular preschool germ rotation. He had been on some antibiotics a couple times and he had a sensitive tummy, which is kind of common when you're on antibiotics for most people, adults too. And for the the record, like growing up, my dad was a firefighter paramedic. And I think because of all the horrifying things that he had seen, he was pretty tough on me. And so today, like together we joke and we cringe a little bit about it now that I had to be like severely and obviously unwell for my parents to think that something was up. Um, You know, and that made me really resilient in a lot of ways. And I developed a very matter of fact attitude towards ailments, right? That considered as a parent, I am very intentional. I try to be very intentional about landing somewhere in the middle. Like I'm definitely not a helicopter parent. Um, I generally don't have like hypochondriac tendencies. Um, I do my best to not be a Google doctor and self-diagnose things, but I obviously like, I do pay attention and I trust my intuition on things. So my, my son's tummy aches got worse and worse to the point that he would be like curled in a ball, unable to move. Um, And probably because of my own traumatic experiences that I endured as a child, coupled with not being believed, heard, or understood sometimes, I've made efforts in my home to enforce like telling the truth, not faking things, not lying, and always communicating your feelings, whether that's physical or emotional. So I just knew that my son wasn't being like dramatic and I knew that he wasn't trying to get out of doing something or looking for attention. No, I like, I knew something was up. So after a couple of weeks of addressing the stomach aches with over-the-counter meds, like probiotics and Pepto and all that kind of stuff, our pediatricians and I got really serious about trying to find the cause of the stomach pain. And we came up with the possibility of something called intussusception, which is when part of the intestine folds into itself, kind of like the way a, tele- a telescope does. Um, it tends to like open and close at random, but it can be life-threatening if it's not treated. So the sure way to diagnose this is to have an ultrasound while a patient is in pain, which is really tricky because in my son's case, sometimes the pain would last like 15 minutes and sometimes it would last like two hours. So armed with this information and a prescription for a stat ultrasound at the children's hospital, we just kind of like waited for the pain to come back and just hoped that it wouldn't. And there were good days in between. And, you know, finally the day of my mother's funeral, of course, like my husband came back from taking them out for a walk and he's like, his stomach hurts. He's experiencing the pain again. So the pain came back and my husband took him to the hospital while I went to my mom's funeral on my own. And by the time I rushed over to the hospital after my mother's service, the doctors determined that our son did indeed have the intussusception, like they had, they, they thought they, that he did. And um, so they, they attempted to treat it non-invasively, but ultimately the surgery was required. And honestly, like, I thank God that they were not able to fix this without surgery because our incredible surgeon, he wound up finding a mass that I don't know that they would have found otherwise. People have masses all the time. I was just relieved that the pain would subside and I began to try to manifest and think positive that the lab results for the mass would be benign, all right? So one one week later, our pediatrician called me on a Sunday morning and asked if he could visit us at our home. 
yeah, right. <laughs> Digest that for a second. Like the peed calls you on a Sunday morning is like, Hey Nikki, can I come over? I'm like, something's, something's not right. It's like, something's definitely wrong. So that was a really difficult day. Um, we had a, we had a phone conference with our amazing pediatrician and our fantastic oncologist. And we learned that our son had Burkitt's lymphoma. Um, I'm going to read a little bit about Burkitt lymphoma from the Boston children's website. And by no means is this a form of diagnosis or instruction. I'm just simply sharing what you yourself can find online about Burkitt lymphoma. Burkitt lymphoma is the most common type of non-Hodgkin lymphoma in children. Burkitt lymphoma often grows first in the lymph tissue of the head and neck, including the tonsils or in the, in the abdomen. Burkitt lymphoma grows rapidly and can spread to many parts of the body, including the spinal fluid and bone marrow. It's called Burkitt leukemia when it presents as tumor cells in the bone marrow and in the bloodstream. Burkitt lymphoma grows very rapidly. So symptoms progress quickly and children may become very sick within a few days to weeks. Starting Burkitt lymphoma treatment promptly is important. With the current therapies, more than 90% of children with Burkitt lymphoma and leukemia are cured of the disease, end quote. So that said, you guys, in the world of pediatric cancer, I have to say that our diagnosis did feel very hopeful. There are very high success rates for treating the illness and many, many, many children go on to live healthy, full, happy, and long lives. Still, it's a lot to process, I think, as a parent. You know, we had to buckle up for the journey ahead. As I've mentioned so many times, this year has been a very dark one for me. I personally took a lot of emotional hits all at once, and it was really hard. And what was hardest was was probably understanding that as a parent, I now had to be extremely intentional with my words, behaviors, and my choices, my tone, and my energy, especially in my son's presence. So for the most part, I don't think that young children are actually scared of cancer. I think that adults are terrified of cancer because we know so much. We have so much information. But children, for the most part, I think that they simply feed off of whatever energy is in their surroundings. They have their own sense of intuition as well. But you know, it's my belief that their intuition is still very, very malleable and impressionable. I believe that like a lot of our son's response to facing treatment the potential of being sick from the treatment, the effects of the steroids on him and the hair loss would all depend on how we, the parents, face the issues with him and our family and friends. At first, the biggest, most noticeable shift were the effects of the steroids. Um, everything was extra. <laughs> like I chuckled because I like, I, I don't know, so I think it's like an awkward thing, right? Like you, <laughs> sometimes you have to laugh about things that are so difficult to like bring some, some ease into it. And, and that might be where I'm at, but that was definitely the biggest, most noticeable shift at first, like everything being extra, all the feelings, the cuddles, the temper tantrums, the neediness, the affection, the hunger, all of it, everything was a lot, like literally my child on steroids, like everything was to the max. And a new part of our day was also like cleaning his pick line, which he was adamant about not having anyone see. And it's interesting how children do pick up on things. Like we got him some cool athletic sleeves, like his favorite NBA athletes, so he could safely and comfortably conceal his lines. We also had to be careful with him, like catching colds, which is really hard to do in preschool. So our doctors wanted to keep him, keep his life as normal as possible. And they encouraged us to keep him engaged in school. So even though we had some cold catching incidents, which resulted in hospital stays, I'm, I'm really great, grateful and glad 
that our son got to stay connected with his friends and teachers whom he loves. I was and still, I have to say, I'm incredibly touched by the discreet but unwavering support that we received from our school community, the other parents and their children, and of course, our family and close friends. Despite like our son not getting nauseous sick from the chemotherapy, which I'm very grateful for, I have to say that losing his hair was hard. And it was hard for me, but I think it, it was also a little bit hard for him. I think for a while it didn't dawn on me that he was really doing chemotherapy until his hair started to fall out. Like for a while it was just like, okay, this is happening. We're going through the motions. And then when I noticed his hair starting to fall out, it, that's when I, I think it started to have like a greater emotional impact on me as his mom. Eventually we did wind up shaving his head and then so sweet, like his little brother asked to shave his head too, so he could look like him. And he doesn't even like our little one is way too young to even fully like understand what's going on. But it was a really surreal moment, like to witness their love and connection, like their sibling love and connection. So I, I actually, I want to share some language do's and don'ts that we implemented in our home and with our friends. And hopefully this can be helpful to to another parent who, God forbid, is going through something like this, or even if you're just a loved one and you're searching for like how to be of more support. Um, we chose to discuss our son's illness with him with the use of the word cancer. We were unsure about it at first, but ultimately like we decided to explain what it was in a way that was child was age appropriate with the help of the child life teaching and psychology team at the hospital. And we left it at that. We told him that he had something called cancer and he had something called lymphoma. We told him that he might not feel well sometimes, but that this special treatment he receives will make him stronger and fight off any unruly cells in his body. And as for the hair, the medicine, which is making him stronger, results in him losing his hair, but it's only temporary, which is an important life lesson, I think, for all of us, that this would be temporary. I have to say, the treatment... <laughs> The treatments really did make him like Super Hulk. We He used to call himself Super Hulk. So like at basketball practice, he had previously been unable to get his shots up and into the big kid basket, but go figure with those steroids, he was getting his shots up. And it, for what it's worth, like it helped his confidence during a really difficult time and empowered him during that, that really tough time. And there were plenty of smiles to go around with that said. I also need to share that it was hard for me to connect with other parents while I was in it with him. Um, I think I wanted to detach myself from any possible outcome, good or bad. Like I remember hearing, like connecting with a couple people and I know that everything was like always like the intentions are so good and pure and, you know, like, and I, I completely believe in the power of shared experience. I think like while I was in it, it was really difficult for me to connect with people because I wanted to, I really wanted to detach myself from any idea of a possible outcome, good or bad. And as most people know, like we have been very private about the experience. And it wasn't until we learned that we were in the clear that I decided I wanted to share on my platform for the purpose of awareness and connectivity. I have had so many wonderful opportunities arise to inspire hope, spread even more awareness and raise funds for pediatric cancer. And that is the driving force of why I want to have this dialogue today. So this month, Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month, I want to encourage all parents to keep their eyes and their ears open. Never ever feel unsure or insecure about advocating for your child. Listen with compassion if someone chooses to open up to you about their situation. 
Ask how to help and try not to assume. Never push, I feel like this goes without saying, but you'd be surprised. Never push additional fear onto parents in the throes of supporting their child. Trust me, they are terrified enough. Um, you guys, if you are interested in learning about more ways that you can help raise funds or awareness for pediatric cancer, I would love to hear from you. This month, I am partnering with my good friends at Baptist Health to do an IG Live on pediatric cancer. Um, I'm also partnering with Live Like Bella as a speaker at the Live Like Bella Symposium. And I'm working with Dunkin' Donuts on their pediatric awareness campaign to support Nicholas and Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospitals. So there are so many ways to give back, whether it's directly to these organizations or simply by showing up for a loved one who, a loved one who needs support. I do not wish this experience on anybody, but now that we are here, I want anyone who is in the trenches to know that they are not alone. Thank you so much to my listener base for taking the time to listen to my experience today. Please consider donating to one of your favorite pediatric cancer causes this month to help fund research and provide aid to those in need. Over and out. Thank you so much for listening to The Know. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. Words are so powerful and someone may need to hear what we covered today. And if you really loved this episode, please take a moment to rate the show and leave a review. Your comments are so important and valued and they give other listeners insight on what to expect on The Know. You can connect with me personally via Instagram at Nikki Sap Spo and The Know with Nikki Spo. My hope for you today is that you are fearless in looking inward so that you can be your highest, most authentic self and go after the life of your dreams. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24.